This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, this episode of I'll Have Another is sponsored by Gooder. If you are looking for a place to get fashionable, functional, and durable sunglasses, look no further than Gooder. My all-time favorite pair of Gooder shades is the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me. They're aviators, they're super cute. They don't slip around when you run or you're active. And they also have really fun colors as well. I love the PBR red shades for races and fun events. I love wearing those. So many fun colors and styles to choose from. And you can save when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another 15 for 15% off your order. That's another one five for 15% off your order. All right. Today you're listening to episode 329. And my guest is Rebecca Mira. I had the great opportunity to sit down in person with Rebecca. She was in town, my new town. I live in Raleigh now. I know that's weird. We've lived in Indianapolis forever. We just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. And Rebecca was in town for the Sir Walter Mile. I knew there would be a lot of athletes in town, and I quickly decided to ask Rebecca to see if she would come on the show. She had a great race at the Sir Walter Mile, by the way. She ran a PR in the mile. She ran a 427.95, which was a three-second PR. She was a 430-mile PR before that. Rebecca runs for Wazelle and is coached by Lauren Fleshman with the Project Little Wing. And she is just super fun, like doesn't take herself too seriously, but when she gets to the line, she's super serious about racing. And we talk about that a little bit in the episode, why keeping it fun is so important. Rebecca recently ran in the Olympic trials in both the 800 and the 1500. She ran five races in eight days, two 11th place finishes. I love what she said here on Instagram. No matter the place, more than anything, I want to be known and respected as an athlete who will always give it a shot and squeeze everything I can out of myself on the day. Was I bummed I didn't place higher? Sure. But do I know I did everything I could in each race to achieve my best day? Absolutely. My race mantra going into the trials was give it a go. I feel like I achieved just that. And for now, I will be both satisfied with myself and hungry for more. So great. Rebecca has a 1500 meter PR of 406.28 and an 800 meter PR of 201.09. And that mile PR of 427 is the track PR. On the road, she's got a 422 PR where she actually ran that in 2019 at the Fifth Avenue Mile in New York City when she placed third. One of one of the best races she's had. So lots of big accomplishments out of Rebecca so far and looking forward to see what the future in the sport has for her. Make sure you go follow her on social media. She is fun and motivating and lighthearted at the same time. Rebecca underscore... M-E-H-R-A is how you spell her last name. That's her Instagram account. And you can also find her on Twitter with the same name, Rebecca underscore Mira over there. All right, friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a quick rating and review so potential new listeners can find the show. This show is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, which is a little network I started. 
And you can learn more about our shows at sandyboyproductions.com. And we also are on Instagram over there, Sandy Boy Productions. You can find me personally on Instagram as well. I am lindsayhines626. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Rebecca. Um, all right. Well, today on I'll Have Another Podcast, we have Rebecca Mara on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome to record in person. Um, my new hometown. I know. And I haven't been here in two years, so just good timing. Yeah. So we're here for the Sir Walter Mile. And I have to tell you, like, when I moved to Raleigh, I didn't even know about the Sir Walter Mile. Like, when I was moving here, and then mm-hmm. all these people were messaging me, like, you have to go to the Sir Walter Mile. So <laughs> then I started looking at the athlete list, and I was like, who am I going to interview? I have to interview someone in person. Yep. And so I picked you. Love it. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this race is awesome. I did it two years ago. I feel like the community vibe around the race is the best around. Um, you will not find a race where, like, the community is more excited. Um, about what's going on. So I'm sure you'll experience the magic tomorrow. I know. I'm trying to decide if we're going to bring our kids because I found out today that the start time's like 9 p.m. It's really late. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't feel, does that feel late to you though? Um. So I'm coming from the West Coast. Yeah. So it's not so bad, but it is on the later side. But then again, you have to wait until it cools off a little bit and the sun's gone, <laughs> which makes a huge difference yeah. when it's, you know, going to be 90 plus degrees outside. So um, two years ago, actually, there was a huge thunderstorm and they had to delay the race. And so we didn't end up racing until I think close to 11 p.m. Oh my gosh. So that was late. <laughs> was I saw late. that picture and you're like hugging someone in yeah. the rain. Yeah, that's Andy. Yeah, my host. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, small world. Um, okay, wait. So tell us about the race in 2019. So I came here straight from, so U.S. Championships was in the end of July in 2019, since Worlds was like in October in Doha. Um, And so I came here straight from Des Moines, Iowa, and I stayed with Andy for the whole week um, and got to hang out with lots of awesome people and Jeff and, you know, the whole Sir Walter crew. Um, And yeah, I think that it was you know, they didn't know what the weather was going to be like, hoping crossing their fingers would be good. And it was a huge, massive like storm (laughs) that came in on the day of the race. Um, but it was such an amazing experience. I mean, the dinner and getting to know, like I said, the Raleigh community was so much fun. Um, and I did a a kid's practice of some sort on the track a few days before, and then the run with the pros the next day. And like I said, I mean, I sound like a broken record, but it is seriously the most community oriented event I've, I've been to in the sport. And that says a lot because I've been to a lot of events. Um, so it was, it was great. And I'm very happy to be back I noticed that because I was like I was talking about how you guys are your hosts are Mm -hmm. driving you from place to place (laughs) and Glenn's like they didn't rent cars and I'm like no I think that's like the community part of it yeah I think that's the whole thing like you want to be part of the Raleigh running community and it's like a is it southern hospitality I don't know yeah I think so that's a little bit a part of it um but yeah also just people who like love running love this race like care about Sandy and Pat who put it on and um I think it's become like a real gem of kind of Raleigh running and I'm not sure how long the race has been put on but like every year that I'm a pro I'm coming back (laughs) if I can yeah um okay wait so you're trying to break 430 yes tomorrow yes your your road PR is 422 you're yeah 430 on the track. Yes, correct. I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I ran that 422 at the Fifth Avenue mile a couple years ago, and it was like one of the greatest races I've ever had. So I would like to match that. <laughs> that would be exciting. Uh, but yeah, like generally, you know, 1500 runners don't run the mile very often. And when they do, it's indoors. And so you really never get a shot to run the mile when you're at like peak fitness or at least on the track. So um, this is one of only a couple opportunities that exist. And it's, I think it'll be fast tomorrow. Oh, that'll be so fun. Yeah. I know. Why is that? I 
I mean, I get it. 1,500 meters is the distance. Yeah. The Olympic distance. Exactly. The World Championships distance. But it, it for like people who aren't big runners or don't know mm-hmm. a lot about the sport, they hear 1,500 meters and they're like, what? Why aren't they running a mile? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Totally. I mean, it's the distance that I've had the most familiarity with like yeah. throughout my life. Like I understood what a mile time meant when I was in elementary school or middle school. And it wasn't until I got to college, I had to get used to a 1500. I was like, what even is this? What does this pace mean? Uh-huh. Like, why is it a hundred meters shorter? But then again, you go over to any other country in the world other than Great Britain. <laughs> no one runs a mile. Yeah. No one even knows what it means. People measure their pace, not in miles per hour, but in kilometers per hour. So um, yeah, this is special thing. To it's get an to American thing, I guess. The miles. A, yeah, American definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I was listening to Ludacris on my way over here. Yes. <laughs> in my minivan. It's like anytime I get away from my kids and I'm here and I was just thinking, what are, what are you listening to? Like, what are you vibing on going into this race? Ooh, gosh, I've been listening to a lot of stuff since the trials, but for whatever reason, like Miley Cyrus and a couple of her covers have been like my favorite thing to listen to. Um, Heart of Glass has been like stuck in my head constantly. Is that one so of her songs? It's not her song, but it's a cover she did. Okay. And I just love her, her version of it. Um, but in general, my favorite two pre-race songs I've been listening to for the last like, I don't know, six or seven years, it just got stuck. And I always listen are Rather Be by Clean Bandit and a song from Step Up, <laughs> which is like 20 years old, maybe um, called Show Me the Money. So just always have to just those two songs okay rather be my clean bandit I've yeah. never even heard of that yeah well I could I could put it on okay so I have to also know <laughs> while we're talking about music are you as big of a Taylor Swift fan as your boyfriend Jordan oh gosh so we we both are fans okay um especially when like new albums have come out like when you walk into our house that's like what's playing uh-huh. on one of our home pods uh-huh. <laughs> it's awesome actually um I think that our home pod recognizes that we listen to it so much because if one of our cats like jumps on the home pod <laughs> on accident that's what turns on Taylor Swift <laughs> so yeah so we are definitely definitely taste way fans um I don't know if you know this do you know that I was on a podcast with Jordan talking about yes. Taylor Swift? oh yes of course I okay. knew that. <laughs> I listened to the whole podcast okay. on me and Bridget's podcast. Yeah. Of the Bay. Yep. They're, I mean, they rock. Love seriously, them. Seriously. Like, I don't know. Like I am not joking, but when her, when she dropped the second album mm-hmm. of Evermore, yep. I cried. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I was just like being super emotional, but like, that's how attached to it. I am. Yeah. She's awesome. I feel like I was right at the perfect age when she got popular. Like I just started uh-huh. in high school and it just like, I think of Taylor Swift songs as like parts of my life. If yeah. that makes sense. Like the fearless album, like I was in high school and read, like I was in a part of college in which it really resonated with me. So yeah, she's, she's stuck around for a long time. Oh, she's so wonderful. Did you see her tweet? Um, oh no, like that song she did for Simone Biles. Oh wow. Have no, but I need that? to see it. Everybody get on Twitter and like, go look, go to Simone Biles Twitter and yeah. you'll see that she, it's like, she's singing a song about everything that Simone recently wow. did with the, like, you know, stepping down from her event and everything. Yeah. And then they're like having like a, a back and forth on Twitter, mm-hmm. like how much they love each other. Oh, it's the best. that is so cool. <laughs> okay. Yes. I absolutely need to see that. I appreciate that a lot. It's <laughs> so good. Um, okay. So, Sir Walter, yes, <laughs> you did the trials this summer. I did a lot of racing at the trials. So much <laughs> racing, five races. I, yes, <laughs> it was a little crazy, but it was it was fun. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Looking back on it, and then you went and ra- you paced and raced overseas. Yep. <laughs> and like, yeah. so tell us, like, we'll talk about the trials a little bit, but tell us first, like, 
How have you dealt with the last few weeks, like overcoming that like emotional and physical tiredness? Yeah, um, it's been a process. So I think I was so excited coming off of trials that I didn't listen to my past self saying, Rebecca, you're going to like need to take a break <laughs> for a couple weeks after trials. Um, and so instead, I hopped on a plane and went to Europe and paced some friends, run PRs in the 1500 and um, jumped in. I actually ran a mile and hilarious. I ran like 430 point something. Oh, you um, did? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, I didn't know what your time was. Okay. Yeah. Um, on the track. And, um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, like amazing experience to get to go to Sweden and race. And then, um, being a Gateshead was less fun because we were quarantining in our hotel mm. <laughs> the entire time. And you were by yourself. Um, well there, so there were several other Americans, actually Isaiah Harris is here who I got to know quite well in that week and a half, um, and several other Americans, which was great. But yeah, for the most part, it was like, you saw them at meals and then you went and sat back in your room. So not a whole lot of fun. Kate Grace is also there. Who's oh, yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, it was, it was fun, but that kind of was tough, um, for those few days, but yeah, I came back and felt like, oh my goodness, I need to take a break. And I immediately jumped in an 800, which was a mistake in retrospect. Back here. Yeah. So I flew back. Um, I ran, uh, that mile race on a Tuesday night, flew back to the U S on a Wednesday and raced again on Sunday in one of the sunset tour meets okay. and just, it hit me like how tired I was mm -hmm. like both physically and like mentally and emotionally. Um, and so I decided to cut a second sunset tour race in LA I was supposed to do and like take few down days and kind of work my way back up. And this will be my first race post what I'll call in big air quotes, a uh, break. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Two, a two, <laughs> yeah. Two like two, two days. Yeah. And then a few days of training and I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I feel a lot better. Like I definitely just needed that decompressing time. And I think most people do after the trials and I just didn't realize how much it all caught up with me. Lauren Fleshman's your coach. What was yeah. she saying through all this? Like, could she tell you were sort of burning out? So we'd had a conversation like forever ago. So when I ran this race in 2019 after USA's, I had so much fun. I loved that I got to be at the race, but I was way too tired for the race. And so I knew that I had the intuition that I probably would need a break after trials, but then I got excited by the opportunities mm. and then just did them anyways. So I learned a lesson and it was good to learn. You have to make mistakes in order to know how to do better the next time. Um, so yeah, now I know like opportunities are great. Sometimes they're worth it, but like, listen to your body and <laughs> listen to your mind when it says like, please stop, <laughs> please take a break. Um, and so, yeah, I was, she was glad that I kind of got to, got to that point that I can make the decision myself. Okay. So when you're in your hotel room, like quarantining, being mm -hmm. alone a lot, what do you think about when you're in those moments? Uh, I don't even know. I think I was, I was watching a lot of Jane the Virgin. Okay. <laughs> it was like a show that had been recommended to me. And so I just watched hours and hours uh, on Netflix. Are you in? Are you um, all in on oh, it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched way too much television yeah. <laughs> in the last few weeks. I mean, I think we all have in the last year and a half, uh -huh. but like it's been special. <laughs> the <amount laughs> I've watched. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of like have a lot of time to like stew on your own. And, you know, Sweden was a lot of fun because, you know, they didn't have as many kind of quarantine rules and you can kind of go out out and get to know the place and Stockholm's beautiful and like I said there were several other American athletes to spend time with but yeah Gateshead Gateshead UK was tough because you're just by yourself a lot and I think that was the moment in which I realized like oh I need a break mm -hmm. <laughs> when I finally had that time to myself to slow down um so glad I finally got there I mean but watching lots of Netflix sounds yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really kind not a wonderful. bad thing. It is a little weird when you're like, I haven't seen the sun today and it's yeah. six o'clock. You couldn't go outside at all. No, we weren't allowed to. I couldn't even leave the hotel for a shakeout. You had to wait wow. for the bus to take you to the track and you were only allowed to be in a certain area of the track stadium and under penalty of like getting kicked out of the meet immediately yeah. if they found you even like a hundred yards from the hotel. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the trials. Yeah. You're like so spunky and fun. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Thank you. You know, like... (laughs) I think every athlete, you know, enters a race differently and has, everybody has different personalities, but you always just seem like you're having the most fun out there. Oh, thank you. I feel like I am having a lot of fun. It's cool that I get to do this. Like, had you asked, you know, Rebecca five years ago, if she was going to be a professional athlete, she would have laughed at you (laughs) because I just wasn't fast enough. I wasn't good enough. I got hurt all the time in college. And so the fact that I have these opportunities now are like, it's amazing. Um, I was not fast enough to qualify for trials in 2016 and in 2021, I qualified in two events and got to make the final in one of them when it was really darn close in the other. Um, so it's, yeah, it was awesome. I had a lot of fun, but that also doesn't show like it was also a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> there was also a lot of like hard emotional moments. I had to take a couple days to decide I wanted to run the 800 uh-huh. after the 1500 because there was some heartbreak there, but yeah. um, I got there. So I'm glad I did it. It's so awesome. Yeah. All right, everybody, a quick break here to thank Beam for supporting this episode of the podcast. Beam has a new hydration line that I am so excited about. They have a balance, an energy, and a recovery blend. My favorite is the recovery. It is a hydration plus collagen mix. And especially on these super hot summer days, even a 30-minute run, I know I need to replace some electrolytes. I'm sweating so much. Their Elevate Recovery Blend has a hydrating electrolyte powder formulated with non-GMO collagen peptides plus BCAA for supportive joint and muscle health. And it tastes like rejuvenating fresh lemon, no added sugar. This product does not contain CBD. I've been taking it after every single workout every day. And then also what I really wanna tell you about is their Dream Blend. It is a nightly blend with a delicious taste. It has like a healthy take on hot chocolate and it has sleep enhancing vitamins, minerals, nano CBD, and more. This is my nightly ritual. Now I do take it every single night and it calms me down. I look forward to it and I will try just about anything for better sleep. And it is surely helping me sleep better. So you all can check out their hydration line plus their sleep line. When you go to beamtlc.com, Use the code ANOTHER at checkout, and that will get you 15% off your order. That's beamtlc.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 15% off. All right, back to the show. Um, What was the shift? Like, five years ago, you would have laughed saying, like, this is actually happening. Mm -hmm. I know, obviously, like, you are sponsored by Wazelle now. Mm -hmm. You work with Lauren and and the Little Wing Project. So, Mm -hmm. like, what transpired that... What transpired? Is that word? Is that the right word? Yeah, I think so. It works. I make up words sometimes. I mean, at least I understand (laughs) what you mean. (laughs) Um, What transpired? Like, what shifted or changed? Yeah, good question. So I, like I said, I was hurt a lot in college and I had this great last um, season in the end of my fifth year of college. Um, And I went from my 1500 PR was 417 and I brought it down to 411, qualified for my like first US championships and I got the bug. I was like, oh, I need to keep doing this. And I'd already lined up a full-time job. And so I was working this job full-time. Meanwhile, like trying to train at the same time, which didn't work very well, I got hurt, but did that and then was looking at professional teams and, yeah, I ended up having like a lot of great conversations with Sarah Lesko, who's kind of the head of 
I don't know. She wears a lot of hats. She's the doctor. I yeah, know that. Yeah. But she also seems yeah. to talk to head of, head of corporate development. She's the head <laughs> of like kind of the elite athlete program. Um, ended up having a conversation with her and um, was really excited about Wazelle. And I felt like I was, you know, my values aligned really well with that of the company. And so, yeah, I ended up signing a contract and then like haven't looked back from there. But um, I did. I didn't move to Bend until summer of 2018. Um, and so that was really exciting to like get to meet Lauren and work with Lauren and work with the other women on the team who are awesome. And it's yeah, really propelled me to where I am today and very grateful, but would never have guessed <laughs> that that'd be my path. So did you and Jordan, your boyfriend, did you guys make the decision to move to Bend together? No. Okay. Tell so me about that. that was definitely a point of contention. When yeah. I first moved to Oregon, I kind of was like, Jordan, I want to be a like full-time professional athlete. I'm moving to Oregon. And it was kind of, yeah, it was, it was hard at the time. And we had like a full year of like, this is really tough. And, um, he actually didn't move to Bend until, um, April of 2020. So like a little bit over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were doing long distance for over two years. Was he still, cause you guys met at Stanford. Yeah. So he was still in Palo Alto. So he was working for a company that was based in Palo Alto. And then he was kind of doing his own app design stuff. Um, and then he got to a place where he was like, let's live together. I'm like, yes, this is amazing. Let's do that. You come to me. Um, yeah, I know. Um, but at the time he had just gotten kind of a good remote job. We signed our lease in February, 2020 and moved in in April. And as you can imagine, the world changed a lot between February and April, at least our worlds. Um, sure. but it was really amazing timing that we moved in together. Oh, and can you imagine? We have not wanted to kill each other despite yeah. living together and being the only people we were seeing for like, I don't know, months. So it was, it's good. That's a good test. <laughs> Definitely. It's a good trial. Good, good relationship there. test. Yeah. But no, we're good. We're, we're happy and I'm happy I get to live with him. And we adopted kittens in October who are now like one year old cats, which is crazy, but it's, it's been fun. It's been good to have them there. Yeah. That's so awesome. I can't imagine going through, especially the beginning of 2020, like living by yourself and not having, that's what yeah. my, my heart was like the whole beginning of that pandemic. I was like, yeah. I, you know what, being at home with my kids is crazy. And like, I, we're all driving each other crazy, but like yeah. my heart went out to people that live by themselves. Yeah, I know. And Jordan, so Jordan was living in a house with a bunch of roommates and all the roommates left um, like right before everything shut down in the middle of March. And so he did have a full couple of weeks, like two or three weeks just alone before he came up to bend. Um, and then like, yeah, when we finally moved in together, like I was the first person that he'd like seen in person outside of like someone who was 10 feet away and outside. Mm. Um, so it was, yeah, nice to get to be together. And I can't imagine what it would have been like to be in a distance relationship in the middle of COVID because you can't like travel, like, restrictions are weird like I don't know if we would have felt safe our roommates how they would have felt so I just like I said (laughs) really incredibly lucky timing that we moved in then okay so tell me about his thing with like boyfriends of Wazelle oh my gosh I just want to know all the things he's so fun (laughs) he is so fun he brings out the fun in me and he like definitely brings a lot of positivity and happiness to my life that I'm extremely grateful for but he so back in gosh November of must've been 2018. Um, I got this like really awesome, like big puffy jacket, the Wazelle queen jacket. And he's like, I want one of those. I'm like, well, like I live in Bend. I need the warm jacket. And he tried it on and we took a goofy photo and he just decided to create this Instagram account, boyfriends of Wazelle. <laughs> and he posted it. And then like, he didn't think anything would come of it. It was just a silly Finsta. And then just, it caught, it caught on, like I caught traction and Wazelle reposted it. And then suddenly he had this community of thousands of people <laughs> that were interested in what he had to say. And he was reposting kind of stories of other couples that uh-huh. were like somehow loosely or even not loosely um, affiliated with Wazelle. Um, and yeah, like started to tell kind of the story of being a boyfriend of a runner and would go live for all of my races. And 
yeah, it's it's come a long way. He just he has a lot of fun with it, and I think he's learned a lot about the running community because yeah. he was he was a baseball player, uh-huh. so he knew very very little <laughs> about track and field. So it's been fun to see his evolution and like how involved he is. And he he live streamed everything at the trials uh-huh. on my account and did such a good a good good job. Very grateful, but he's yeah he's great. I love it when professional runners have people take over their accounts like that. Mm-hmm. I just interviewed Sally McRae and they, she, her yeah. husband did the same thing during Badwater. It's like, then we can get, you're just mm-hmm. doing your thing. Yep. You're competing. <laughs> you don't have to think about anything, but like someone is giving us an inside totally. view. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think he knows now about track and field and like the community now that he didn't know five years ago? <sighs> Everything. It's hard to even say one thing. I mean, he like, I mean... I don't even know that he knew how many laps of 1500 was, but like, you know, he definitely does. He knows how many laps an 800 is too. Um, but more than that, like he just got to know everyone in the track community. He's mm-hmm. gotten to understand like the beauty of the sport and like how much track and field matters to me. Um, his experience at the trials was his first time ever being at like a U.S. championships. And he was like going to bed at two o'clock in the morning, was like exhausted because there was just so much energy and emotion that I think he didn't realize that there would be. He's like, it was like being at the world series. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, and so I just, just, yeah, he's come come a long way and like being a supporter and also like being someone who actually knows quite a bit about track and field for for someone who who knew nothing <laughs> just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, OK, so let's go back to the trials. And you said like you had some heartbreak with the 15. You got 11th yeah. place. Yeah. What made you decide to go ahead and do the eight? Um, so it was always kind of the plan to do both races. I mean, if I had the race of my life and made the 1500 team, then I probably wouldn't have run the 800. Um, <laughs> but that's but, too late celebrating. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have been bothered. But at the same time, like I was excited about both events. I was hurt a lot this past year. Like I had a really bad ankle sprain in October that took me out for a couple months and turned into an Achilles problem. And so I, I missed a lot of my, my training, um, earlier in the spring and I never really picked an event. You know, Lauren and I had sat down and thought we were going to pick an event and I never did. So I thought, I think I'm probably equally good at both of these, which is hilarious. I got the exact same place in yes. both events, but, um, I really kind of put all my eggs in the 1500 basket and like really thought I was in, you know, despite the injuries, like I still was in the best shape I'd ever been in. And I think that, you know, the training kind of caught up with me on the third day. Like I just mm. didn't have enough in my legs to keep up at the pace that we were at. And, you know, I put everything in it and I didn't check out mentally. It just like, you know, it was frustrating. It wasn't what I wanted and very, very happy for the folks who made the team. They're running fantastically at the Olympics. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, you also like envision yourself there mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, you know, a hard feeling, but I'm still really proud of my performance and proud that I put myself in it and, and raced how I did. But it took me like a couple of days. I think I didn't want to run it out all after the first day. I actually had a beer after my last 1500 and was like, I just need to not think <laughs> about the eight. And then the next day or the day before the race, I still wasn't sure I wanted to do it. And I went to the pool with Lauren and her family. And mm-hmm. I went on water slides and like jumping off a platform with her son, Jude. And I had such a fun day. Not exactly what you typically do <laughs> the day before a race, but I just really needed to have fun and like bring it back to like, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And yes, I didn't achieve my wildest dreams. But at the same time, like it was awesome. And it's so fun that I get to be here. So I, yeah, brought that into the 800 and I had fun in both those rounds. And yeah, like I almost fell and I missed making the final by a tenth of a second. But like, I don't know how I would have been on the sixth race. I kind of was thinking my body is going to break down at any point and I kept it together. But um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience and I wasn't sad at all <laughs> once I finished. I mean, I love that your coach is like, let's go to the water park and like, yep. let's just have a day to like, 
decompress and then yep. decide what we want to do. Yeah. That was the That's smartest so thing. Yeah. It really was awesome. And like, I love her kids and got to know them quite a bit. I used to babysit them pre pandemic. Uh, um, and so yeah, that was special and a lot of fun. And like spending time with kids, like you just get reminded of how fun the little things can be. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, yeah, the perfect thing for me to have done. Um, so many falls. Yeah. I just feel like, oh. I mean, it's, I guess it's always been like that. But every time we have these high stakes race in the eight and the 15, particularly, yeah. I'm like, who's going to fall? I know. It's so physical. It is. It just you're running at such a fast pace and you're in such a tight pack that like one little wrong move or one clip and like you're running so quick that you just fall really hard um and in yeah in that 800 that I was in I've seen quite a few falls now in the Olympics and also the trials I mean there's the famous like you know fall in the 800 final in 2016 with Alicia Montano and Brenda Martinez um it just it happens and it's it's scary but you just try your best to stay kind of out of it but it just it happens and yeah when Sage Herta fell like she hit the track really hard in my 800 semifinal and I was immediately concerned like it did not sound good you like mm. heard a crack when she hit the track and I know she she broke her wrist and was pretty shaken up and that's the nature of the sport a little bit that stuff happens but it's still scary when it does um the the guy who won in CAAs what's his name in the 800 and he was oh um Jewett yes yeah, yeah. That fall, I, I was know. just like, oh, it was heartbreaking to I know, see. And it really was. get up together and like I know, I know. I thought, really thought that they were going to put him in the final. I'm did actually you think really, so? I thought so, yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised that they didn't. I know that Corey McGee fell. Yeah, um, and Or was that. tripped in that in that 1500 round, and they, they did put her in the final, which is great. But yeah, I was really surprised. But sometimes you never know, like how they make those decisions I I really don't yeah I know yeah um okay so you've been doing more 800s yeah okay so talk to us about that um they're fun I only started running the 800 a couple years ago like I never ran it in college actually not never I ran it one time in all of college and in 2019 when I first started racing with Little Wing um I really wanted to run an 800 indoors and Lauren's like okay like I don't know we haven't done any speed like I don't know how this is gonna go like be okay with running 209 Uh. okay and I ran 206 like by myself wire to wire and then I ran 204 the next week and those were like huge personal bests I'd never really run the eight um and I was just excited about it it was fun. It was new. I feel like when you've been in the sport for so long, like having a sense of newness is hard to find. And that was really exciting for me. So, um, yeah, I've just like been rolling with it since. I mean, I'm probably more of a miler mm-hmm. 1500 runner, like in terms of my strengths, but like, I really enjoy running the eight and I really think I can break two minutes eventually yes. whenever I get the opportunity, but, um, the, the day will come, but it's, you're two one right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I know, I, I know I've got it in me. Yeah. I just, the race needs to happen. needs to be set up the right way. We'll, we'll see. And not that I like to talk about age, but you're 26. I mean, you got a lot of years to do that. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I had this thought for the first time that I didn't want to tell someone my age (laughs) when they asked me how old I was. I really wanted to say. Did you feel young or old? No. So for the first time in the track and field world, like I feel old um, and I didn't want to tell someone how old I was. I almost like (laughs) took off a year. I'm not kidding. Um, But I mean, yeah, I do have a lot of good years left. It's funny though, when you're in other professional worlds, like when I was working full time at a venture capital firm, I wanted to tell people that I was at least five years older yeah. so they take me seriously uh-huh. but yeah it's it's an interesting dichotomy between between age and track and age and other kind of professional industries totally yeah well, I just think like Molly Huddle she's 37 there's yeah. a lot of people still on the track oh, yeah are, yeah I love yeah. to see it people that have like really full long careers uh-huh. also like women that are having babies and getting back in the sport like 
a lot of respect. I'm not sure that I do that, but it's amazing that you're able to and that there's support for that now. So it, yeah, makes a big difference. The woman, I don't remember her name. I'm so bad at names. She's like the world record holder in the 15 though. She's like the favorite. Um, Faith, Faith yes. Kipigon. So I don't know if she's gotten the world record. She got really close. Okay. She had 351, but like, I'm really excited. She's amazing. I want to know her story. Yeah. I know she's a mom. I want to know yeah. more about her story. Yeah. I think she had a baby. I think the baby must be two or three years old now. Okay. Um, but yeah, like came back with a vengeance uh-huh. and like, that's amazing. And she's a huge favorite to, if, you know, if she can beat Safan Hassan um, to win that 1500. So I'm, I'll be cheering for her. Yeah. When, when is the 15 final? Tomorrow morning. Okay. <laughs> at 8.40 a.m. Okay. <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, Friday, oh, yeah. Friday, August 6th at 8.40 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because we'll put this out next Friday. Um, oh, man. And this is what happened with the steeple. I yeah. was driving my kids to camp. I don't yeah. want to miss the 15. Yeah, I know. We well, just got to stop. You just got to stop and take the five minutes in the car and to just like do watch it. the gold app. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, what, I that's what it is. I've done that several times actually while I've been in the car yes. and had to stop. But the thing is a majority of the track, because I live on the West Coast, uh-huh. is between 3 and 6 a.m., yeah. which is horrible. <laughs> so, <early. laughs> so you either like have the worst sleep schedule of all time, which I kind of have had <laughs> the last few days, but I have to get back into normalcy for a race tomorrow. Um, but it's, it's so fun. It's like hard to miss it. Yeah, I mean, because like the steeple, I knew the outcome, but I was like, I still have to watch mm-hmm. what Courtney Freyricks did. Like I have I to see it, but yeah. it's just not as exciting not watching it live because you're not seeing it yeah. unfold. Yeah, you know, I know the time difference makes it really kind of crappy <laughs> for those of us in, in the U.S. Hey, everybody! I want to thank Athletic Brewing for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you are looking for a delicious non-alcoholic beer, this is where you need to look. Uh, they actually just had Athletic Brewing at um, at the Sir Walter Mile, which was really cool. They have IPAs, they have Golden, they have Hazy IPAs, and they also have seltzers, which are really delicious. You are not compromising on taste when you have these delicious non-alcoholic beers. I don't know about you, but I have been trying to cut back on my alcohol intake this year, and this has been an answer for me. You still get that refreshing drink that you're looking for. I love the blood orange seltzer. It's blood orange with hops. It's so refreshing and delicious. Make sure if you do check them out, you get at least two six packs because when you get two six packs or more, you do get free shipping. And so I highly recommend doing that. Go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the code anotherathletic15. That's anotherathletic15 for 15% off your order. Get two six-packs or more, and that'll get you free shipping as well. All right. Thank you, Athletic Brewing, for supporting this episode of the podcast. Back to my conversation. Um, Okay. So talk to us a little bit more about working with Lauren Fleshman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I like have always just looked up to her and respected her so much, um, for everything that she's done, both as an athlete and her writing, um, who she is as a person. I, I actually reached out to her when I graduated from college and like, you know, I'm not sure that even went through cause it was right around the time she was having a baby, <laughs> which I can understand is of a course. tough time. Um, but yeah, it was kind of felt like in a cheesy way, like a dream come true when I got introduced to her via Wazelle and then got to start working with her as a coach and, I've learned so much from her, like so, so much and so many different kind of avenues of my life. But she was the biggest one training wise was like, she was a really injury prone athlete. And like, I 
thank her in so many ways for kind of getting me through the last three years outside of a crazy ankle sprain, like without major injuries. And that's because she has taught me how to be smarter. (laughs) That sounds silly, but it's something that she felt like she kind of figured out as an athlete. And that's something she really wanted to pass down to, to me. And she, she really cares a lot about making sure that her athletes kind of learn from her mistakes. Um, and I've always felt that. And, you know, she's also so good at like telling her story and like putting out into the world who she is. And I feel like I've tried to model off of that <laughs> and learn from her, um, in that way, but it's been, it's been a wild ride, but she's, she's great. So who do you train with out in bend? Yeah. So my primary training partner in the last three years has been Mel Lawrence, okay. who's a steeplechaser. Uh-huh. Um, but also, um, I do a bit of my training with, um, Sadie Henderson, who's an 800 runner and Angel Piccarilla who moved there last year and she's 800 and 1500. Okay. But yeah, they're, yeah, great group. Tell me, like, do you run by yourself a lot? Like how often are you just doing workouts with them? Yeah, we always meet for workouts. Okay. Um, and I'd say we usually meet for long runs, but like everyone has kind of their own schedule and needs to kind of run at their own paces. And so a lot of easy running, especially since the pandemic, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, cause we were trying to minimize having like too much contact, mm-hmm. um, has been like solo. Um, I love running and listening to podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> and listening to music, but yeah, I probably meet with them like three, maybe four times a week. And then the other three days I'm kind of solo. Do you think you're a higher mileage 1500 meter runner? <laughs> no, <Or lower? laughs> definitely okay. not. I, I wish that I could run more. Maybe I don't wish I could run more now. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've gotten to a place where I can embrace like who I am as an athlete and be cool with that and not feel bad that I can't run like 70 miles a week. Mm. But like I max out at 60. And when I say that, like, I don't think I ran a 60 mile week this year. And if I did, there were like one or two of them. Um, I'm on average in like the fifties zone, but, um, the 800 doesn't feel like it matters as much. There are sprinters who run no mileage who are fantastic. Um, and then like a thing, Mo and Raven Rogers. Right. And then there are athletes who are like Kate and run 70 miles a week, Kate Grace. Um, but yeah, in the 15, I'd say I'm definitely on the lower end (laughs) of mileage. It's so interesting. Cause like, I feel like the eight, the 15, like you either swing, you know, you swing up where you swing down you mm-hmm. swing to the eight you swing to yep. the five yep and you swing to the eight I swing to the eight I mean someday maybe I'll swing to the five but yeah. I haven't like kind of done I don't feel like enough of the training to do that but I'm excited I think I'm probably gonna run a road 5k this fall oh fun um and see how that goes when was the last time you ran a 5k uh on the track 2014 wow um on the road I've run them more recently but like I'm gonna I'm, I really want to break 16 minutes in the 5k. That's like a lifetime goal, like oh, along with it. two minutes in the 800, like yeah. I have to do it. Um, so I'm excited about that. And, um, what else I'm going to run four a 3k in the 15, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be amazing, but I'd like to run the world standard in the 1500, which yeah. is four or four, two, I think okay. same as the Olympic standard. Um, but yeah, in the, um, I'm also going to run probably another 3k, which I ran my first 3k in five years, this indoor season. And it was so hard. <laughs> it's like a mile, but just keeps going. Yes. I don't really know. 3000 meters is a weird distance, but is it like 1.7 or something? Uh, 1.6? It's like really close to two. It's probably like 1.88. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I have a goal to get better at that and run faster. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited about longer stuff, but I'm also cautiously optimistic about it. Would you ever do the steeple? Oh my gosh. So I actually joked that I would love to run a steeple. And then I watched things like someone rupture their Achilles, <sighs> like running a steeple. I'm like, maybe I don't <laughs> want to do this steeple. I mean, in theory, I'd like to try everything at some point, not a track 10K other than that. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> Track 5K, maybe a steeple someday in my life. I don't know. But I also want to respect the event. It's really hard. It's not just something you can jump into. Um, that's been made very clear by my teammates around the steeple and watching how difficult it is. So maybe someday, but we'll see. <laughs> I know I was watching in, in the steeple final like I was watching them on that last lap like 
really get mm-hmm. over the the barriers and I was like that fatigue you could just yeah. see it yeah it's so easy to hurt yourself too or hit one of those barriers because right, you're like so fatigued yeah when you're trying I, to go I ran I mean my tiny experience with the steeplechase I ran it like one time in high school oh you like did the 2k steeplechase actually in North Carolina oh. when I came here for nationals in like 2010 or something uh-huh. um and I ran the 2k steeple and it was super fun but I didn't know there was a water barrier and uh-huh. I hurtled it and just like totally face planted in the water <laughs> and got up was like what on earth is this and Why then had to like here? keep running um and, and learned the next time you need to jump on the water barrier hurdle. So you uh-huh. get over the water instead oh, right. of hurdle it. Yeah. So does anybody um, hurdle it? I don't think so. Okay. Cause you just fall right in the water yeah. and it slows you down. Yeah, so yeah. you need to step on it, but <laughs> they're definitely different. Like from watching a lot of steeples, different ways that people, uh-huh. people hurdle, like you have the Emma Coburn, like absolutely beautiful form. And then uh-huh. you see a lot of the Kenyans like kind of just throw their feet to the uh-huh. side and jump over it. And it's yeah, very different, but just it works clearly. Get over this the best way I possibly yeah, can. Totally. Um, I was paying attention to the ways different people jumped over it in the final this time. Um, Okay. So what's people always say to me, don't ask me what's next after like a big thing, you know, (laughs) like someone runs a huge marathon PR and I'm like, what's next for you? Yeah, I get it. But it's, it's a good, it's a valid question. But yeah, I'm always like what, you know, like you said, you're going to do that road 5k like, Mm -hmm. and then we've got the fall and then obviously spring track season. But like, what do you have your sights set on? I'm just excited to have a full year of training where I hopefully do not sprain my ankle (laughs) and I can actually train the whole fall. Like I'm just, I'm excited to, to hopefully be healthy and like have another normal year of racing. Like I think all of us athletes have such a greater appreciation for races with fans. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited to like travel a bit more again. Um, and like hopefully in the fall, see some friends (laughs) I haven't seen in a long time because I haven't really been able to do that during track season. Um, but yeah, like I want to train and give myself a shot to make that world championships team next year in a 1500 and yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I need to first get that, um, world championship standard and then kind of show up and be ready to compete again. What do you do for mind work? So I work with a psychologist who's amazing. Um, I was introduced to her, um, a little over a year ago. I realized we've been working together for a year. Um, and she's great and she's not specifically a sports psychologist, but just someone who I can like talk to Mm -hmm. every week and and that's great and that's been super helpful um another thing that lauren actually put the bug in my mind for was like thinking about a mantra during races and so i at first kind of like laughed was like i don't think that's for me and then i realized like in the moments of anxiety before a race when you really aren't sure like if you can do this or you, you aren't sure that you want to do the race like you need to kind of bring yourself back and center yourself again and mantras have really been been helpful for me my favorite one last two and a half years has been give it a go Mm. um because it just feels like you put in all this work why not like give it a shot (laughs) see how it goes and that's that's stuck with me so yeah those two things in particular um you you've mentioned before that like you used to get really nervous and scared Mm -hmm. before races yep and now it's less so that yeah I mean there's still nerves right (laughs) especially before big races like at the Olympic trials or like at a diamond league you Um, care yeah yeah exactly um but I feel like it's a different kind Uh of nervousness like I used to get anxious Mm. and like I would not want to like get on the starting line like when I was in high school like I would cry Mm. and like ask my coach to Mm -hmm. like you know pull me out like I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. um but I feel like I've gotten to this place over so many years that like I choose to run like I choose to do this I don't have to do this and like I love it and and like I put in all this work all year and like competing is the time in which you get to show it off, like show what you've been able to do. And so it took me a long time and a lot of injuries <laughs> to get there and feel that way. But it's yeah, it's a privilege to be able to do this. And I 
yeah, took me until, I don't know what, 24 <laughs> to really figure that out. But that still sounds so young to me, <laughs> 24. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and it's true though, injuries do provide you that like look at what I didn't have, like mm-hmm. what I might not have, yep. you know? So like you appreciate it that much oh, more. Oh yeah, yeah. I spent so much time. We were very lucky in college at Stanford. We had an ultra gravity treadmill and um, there were several of us who were often hurt. Actually, Lise Cranny being one mm. of them. We used to swap, so we only had one pair of um, alter gravity shorts that were in our size. And so one of them would run in them and have to give them to the next person, sweaty and disgusting, <laughs> sweaty. at like seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and you'd run in them and you'd stare at a wall as you're running on the alter G, like trying to get back from your injury. And you just develop such a greater appreciation <laughs> for being able to race and like train like a normal person, uh-huh. um, especially as you're like staring at a wall at seven o'clock in the morning in sweaty shorts. <laughs> You really, really get there. Exactly. Someone else's sweat. That's yeah. Need to emphasize that one. It was gross, but, um, yeah, but it took a long time and a lot of injuries to, to really feel a greater appreciation for the sport and, and to love it more. So, okay. How do you, how do you strike a balance of like your fun spirited attitude, but also being like, I'm here to do a job and like, obviously competing at your level, you're super serious. Mm-hmm. So how do you strike that balance? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that I just, I don't know, like I have fun getting to do what I do and yeah, it's serious. And yeah, like the times matter, but like, if you aren't having fun doing this, you don't wake up every day and you don't want to do this, like you shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. not, it's not exactly something where you're like making, I mean, for most people, like making a ton of money yeah. or like, you know, I could go do something else if I wanted to do that. But like, it's a privilege for these like, you know, short amount of years for me to get to do this. And like, I want to enjoy it. And if I'm not, then I shouldn't do it. Um, and so that, like I said, took me like quite a long time to get to, but like I continually choose <laughs> to get to run. And, and that's, yeah, that's been the best choice I think I've ever made. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. So we want to go longer, but we can't because we have <laughs> to go to this athlete dinner. Yes. I, I have more questions for you, but, um, we are going to wrap up with some end of the podcast questions yes. here. Uh, what is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? That I haven't done yet. Oof. Um, I would really love to like move to Washington DC mm-hmm. <laughs> and like be in the middle of like politics land. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd necessarily want to work on the Hill, but I would like to just kind of really be in the thick of it. Like whether it be like working in the white house or the state department, I guess maybe it only half counts to say I haven't done this. Cause I did in college spend an internship summer, um, doing working at the state department and I loved it. So I think someday I'd like to do that. Um, I think it would be, it'd be great. I'm really interested in public policy. Always have been very different from running. I know you're in the sun. I like my eye. I can see. We're good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> sit next to me. It's fine. I'm, I'm very grateful to get to sit next to people again and talk to them face to face because I've been staring at a stupid screen with everyone else for a year and a half. So it's great. Oh, this is so funny. Yeah. Um, no, I, I've heard you talk about your interest in public policy and I know you work for the mayor's office in Bend yeah. and yeah. I, we didn't get to get into that today, but that's okay. I do love hearing about like the multifaceted Mm -hmm. parts of people's lives outside of running. Yeah. I mean, and to address your question from earlier, like other pieces of my life feel in balance and that's why I have fun. Like I love my boyfriend. He's amazing. Like I love my cats. I love my family. Like I love getting to work on something that I care about that is not necessarily running oriented. It could be, but it's something outside of like me pursuing (laughs) Oh, the Roomba. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys, we can't cut this. We got to leave it in. Uh, 
oh, that's amazing. Leave the Roomba in. Okay, we're almost. Well, this is what happens in person. <laughs> Stuff happens. You know, you scoot your chair back and you hit the Roomba. I turned the Roomba. Um, but yeah, what was I just saying? How amazing Jordan is. And oh how, yeah, like, yeah. Jordan's awesome, but also like getting to work on something that I care about a lot, and like being able to turn my running brain off and like do that, and that yeah. that makes a huge difference for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love it. Um, you have to convince Jordan. Jordan, we're moving to Bend, but now we're moving to Washington D.C. Uh, someday <laughs> we'll get there. Um, okay, Probably what's the me. best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, I've read a lot of really good books lately. Um, I think a couple. I really loved Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, I love the ending. I I won't ruin it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. So good. Um, I recently finished Barack Obama's book, um, Promised Land, on audiobook, which is great. I highly recommend listening to it on audiobook because you get to oh, like it's his voice. It's his voice yeah. exactly. So he spent the time recording it. So I love that. Um, another book I read this a while ago now, but I really liked was Educated by okay. Tara Westover. I need to read that. Yeah, it's I highly recommend it. Okay. Really interesting story. And I'm usually like I love historical fiction. Like another one I read, um, Mel Lawrence and I actually have very similar tastes in books. Um, read the Alice Network, which is like World War Two based. So that's typically like the era I okay. like reading in. But if it's a really good memoir um or fiction book, I can I can get into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring? Like, is the cocktail coffee or like you choose? <laughs> okay. Um, like some probably, people are like, I don't drink alcohol, so they choose the coffee. But you I mean, choose your beverage. I, for the most part, I'd say like latte. Mm. I love a really good fancy mm-hmm. latte. There's a lot of really good coffee What's places in Bend. Um, I really like cardamom lattes a okay. lot or a good vanilla latte. If they okay. make their vanilla syrup, I feel like I'm a coffee snob now. But. Yeah. It's, if it's, if, or it's like homemade vanilla bean. Yeah. Yes, latte. exactly. Oh, so, so good. And then, sorry, what was the second question? Who, who are you having this with? Ooh, you to like gosh. sit down for an hour with someone. Uh, there's so many people. I feel like I always want to give the stereotypical answers. Um, but I'd love to sit down. I don't know. Like I've always looked up to, and I know her now, like Alicia Montano is amazing. Just what Mm -hmm. she's done for the sport and like who she is. Um, but I think that one is tangible. (laughs) And if I'm going to pick an untangible one, oh gosh, who would I want to talk with? I think I'd want to meet the, the president of New Zealand. Um, she, she's amazing and she's like done so much for the country. She's so young and she is, yeah, I, I would love to meet her. First time I've ever heard that. I answer. mean, I want to say Michelle Obama, right? Everybody but everyone that, yeah. says Michelle Obama. Yeah, so, like, if I'm coming up with you know a different like uh-huh. female leader in the world, yeah, um, yeah, or everyone, yeah, probably the other one everyone would say is Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to I meet her too. I don't hear as many Beyonces <laughs> as I do Michelle Obamas yeah. for that for that yeah. question. Yeah, that's Michelle Obama is by far the most. Oh yeah, ans- answered yeah to that. Yep. I bet. Um, Barack doesn't stand a chance. Everybody wants me. But I do interview more females than males. Yeah. So. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. What's your last message to leave with our audience today? Last message. I don't know. I guess. What do we talk about today? I think that just have fun and whatever you do. Like I am really, really lucky to get to do what I do. And, um, I had a wide, wise person once tell me if you don't wake up 80% of the time and like love what you're doing, then to change it. <laughs> so, you know, maybe someday I'll wake up and feel that way about track and field, but for now I don't. And I'm yeah, very lucky to get to do what I do. You know, I love that 80% because that's just more realistic. Yeah. It's You're not going to be a hundred. Sometimes yeah. I hate running. I wake up and I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do this yes. today or have a hard workout and you're by yourself in the rain. Like yes. those are not great days, but as long as 80% of them are good. That's a good way to think about it. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you to the Sir Walter Mile for the amazing event this weekend. Don't forget to go follow Rebecca on Instagram and Twitter. She's funny. You will love her and definitely follow her career. She's Rebecca underscore Mira over there. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine 626. You can follow Sandy Boy Productions, Sandy Boy Productions over there on Instagram. If you would like to be added to our email list that goes out every single week, we send out an email with links to everything we talked about in the episodes, including books people recommend. Email Emma at SandyBoyProductions.com and she will get you signed up for our list. I know sometimes I listen to podcasts and think, oh, I want to remember that. I want to go back and look at that. And it's always so nice to just get that email directly sent to your inbox with the links to everything. All right, friends, thank you so much for being here. Have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we will see you next Friday.